again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 If you believe it, give me another amen. Amen. Please, can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Welcome the person. Tell the person you are blessed in the name of Jesus. Tell the person you are blessed in the name of Jesus. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. I want us to open our Bibles. I want to start um, from that, uh, from a portion of the book of Isaiah. Let's read that one to start. All right, um, Isaiah chapter 60. I want to read from verse um, 1. And when I finish reading that, I will go to the Sermon on the Mount. He said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Now the peoples are covered with darkness, he says, but look at verse 3. He said, Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now I want you to understand something here. I'm just going to read those three verses, and then we'll go to what the Lord Jesus said. He said, you arise and shine, for your light has come. The reason why you need to arise is in verse 2. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness will cover every group of people. It will cover Africans, Nigerians, you know, that's among the Africans. It will cover Ghanaians. It will cover Europeans, all right? And amongst them, different countries. That's what they mean by the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you. That is, because of the deep darkness that the peoples will experience, if the Lord will want to solve their problem, what he will do is to rise upon people. That is the principle by which God solves problems for nations. He rises upon certain people in their midst. Israel was in darkness, and he rose upon John the Baptist. And he said, John the Baptist was a light shining in the darkness. Jesus was speaking, and you rejoiced in his light for a season. Anytime God wants to shine upon people, he has to identify somebody that he will rise upon and shine through. Are you getting my point? Now, this was not God trying to say darkness should cover the earth. In the beginning, the earth was without form and it was void and darkness was upon the surface of the deep. What did God do when he saw darkness? He introduced light and he said, light be. Light came into existence so as to solve the problem of darkness. So anytime you see darkness, it is that God is saying by that that there is a need for light at that particular point in time. Are you getting my point? That is, light needs to shine. It's not as if we are supposed to sit down and be explaining the fact that there is darkness. No, it's that light must come up now and start shining. And it's a responsibility. And that's what I want to introduce to us, all right, in today's message. 
or not really introduced, to remind us of it because we know it. But you see, outside things happen all the time. We easily fall away from the things that we know. Like you said, that we should be careful that we don't sleep away, or these things slip away from us. They slip away very easily. We don't realize our duty a lot of times. And I want to just correct and you know, bring these things back to our minds again. Now look at what Jesus, the Lord Jesus said there. Let's really go to the Sermon on the Mount when the Lord was speaking there. Now we have, we have looked at this. The book of Matthew chapter 5. I am read, reading from verse 13. He said, You are the salt of the earth, but the salt has become tasteless. How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, verse 14 is the one that's central to our teaching for today. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. An instruction here, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, I have read this, uh, this one to add to what we were reading before, to explain to us our responsibility as children of God. We saw that anytime there is darkness, I explained to you, I said that a few minutes ago, what God does is to shine upon somebody. Are you getting my point? This even in families. You are in a family, they will have there's no family that doesn't have his own problem. Alright? In fact, I looked around most times, I'm not saying every time, most times God will pick one person, shine upon that person, and what he's telling the fellow is go back and introduce light into the environment you came out of. That's just the way it is. Anytime there is trouble, and that's why let me say it again. This, let me go to where things are easy, is not Christian mentality. Let's realize what we are dealing with here. It's not Christian mentality. The fact that all the roads in Northern America, North America or Europe, they are paved down to your doorsteps, does not make it an assignment in life to go there. Do you get my point? God lighted upon you so you can shine in the midst of darkness. So it is wrong for my um, touch light, my lantern, to decide that my house is too dark. Let him go to where the sun shines 24 hours a day. Are you getting my point? Let me go to where the sun shines 24 hours a day so that, I mean, this, this pressure is too much. Let me go there. Then people will know what I am made of. That is when I will be able to manifest my, my skill. This environment is not conducive for the manifestation of the gift of God in me. And he says, so where are you going? I'm going to where light is shining plenty. You say, come, excuse me. I thought you were a lantern. You know, I was talking to one brother the other day. <laughs> he was emigrating. And I keep on saying, nothing wrong with emigrating, no. It's why you are emigrating that's the problem. After all, David Livingston emigrated to where? To Africa. Do you get my point? The missionaries all emigrated. To, I'm just coming. I'm a bit late because I'm coming from Imo State, all right? <laughs> so... When we were driving, my friend and I, I said, look at jungle. You know, we're just talking about it. You know, we're going deep inside. I said, see forests, see trees. We're thinking about, how was it 200 years ago? Are you getting my point? Everywhere there's road now. There was footpaths those days. I said, some white men came here. 
I said, either they love the Lord or they love the money. Something had to address. <laughs> do you get my point? Because some people came to do business. They came in to come and get the natural resources and export. But many of them came to preach the gospel. So that's immigration to two of us. Yes, now they traveled abroad. You know it's abroad. Forget the fact that it's abroad. Come on. <laughs> so nothing wrong with that. It's why that's the issue. I told one of my brothers then when he was immigrating, I said, listen, my friend, I have no problem with you immigrating, but I fear for you that your light is about to become drowned in the midst of plenty light. You were in the midst of darkness and you were shining bright. Now you're about to uproot yourself and then, of course, you'll be more comfortable, naturally speaking, but you will not shine. I can't live anybody's life for him or for her, but I can give general principles of existence by which believers are supposed to operate. I said, be careful that you don't drown. I've used this example many times. When I first came to Enugu here, the, the office I occupied, I occupied then, which I still occupied today actually, in UNTH, that is in the, teaching, um, in the university, had been vacant for close to 10 years. All right? Close to 10 years. And then I met some students who had trouble in my subject. So they failed the exam. They weren't conducted after I arrived, so they had to repeat. And I remember I told a few of them I used to get out of my office. I said, you will be happy that you failed that exam because now I'm really going to teach you pathology. So and we had that experience, you know. We had, for some weeks, for some months, I taught them. And one of them is going to become a pathologist because of me. One of those young women that was there, then she came back, traveled abroad for electives and came back, came to my office to see me. Say, ah, so I traveled, though. Thank you for the experience of those months. They said, were it not for those um, lectures and tutorials, I would have gone there. She went to the U.K., I'll have been looking like a fool. Say, because everything I was able to shine with were the things you taught us, you know, in those last few months before I traveled. Say, thank you very much. Say, oh, that's a beautiful place. I think people like you should go there. That's where I'm going. I said, hey. he said, look, where you are right now, sir. Then, you know, I was a young man that time. <laughs> that was 17 years ago. Yeah, 17 years ago almost. Young men like you. Intelligent, brilliant young men like you, sir. You don't belong here. You belong there. Then I just sat on my, I remember that I just sat on my table, on my chair, put my hand on my head, looking at this girl like this. I allowed her to talk all the foolishness in her mouth, finish. I allowed her to manifest the ignorance, you know? So when she was done, I asked her a simple question. This was how I said it. I said, when I would have traveled, the next set of ignoramuses like you that will show up, what will happen to them? You just sat in front of me now and told me how experiencing me for a few months changed your life, helped you tremendously. That you say I should go to where I will disappear. Nothing wrong with the people who live there. I go, bless God for their lives. Everybody has what he's achieving. I have a friend who's in this, that same country. I know he's helping us by his presence there. He helps me a lot. He helps my people I have to deal with here. He helps us a lot. So that's how God arranged his life. I'm not judging anybody's matter, okay? But for me, that time, I just told the young woman, I said, this your reasoning pattern is very funny. You sat here, you know, you've, you've used the ladder, you now want to break it, you know, like they say. You understand what I'm saying? I have helped you, you don't want me to help another set of people that will come. What are you talking about? That I will live better and forget that thing. I'm affecting the lives of people where I am, and that's good enough for me. You are getting the point I'm making. There's a reasoning pattern I want us to understand. That the one I was talking to, that my brother, all right? I said, my fear is not any other thing than obscurity, okay? Life will have pressure, I know. Things will happen in life. 
but just know that God has created you for a purpose. That's what I'm going to emphasize to us again today. And anytime God wants to throw light into a place, he lights upon somebody. That's how it works. That's how it works. You don't feel bad. You've seen somebody who came from a family where there are, there's no trouble. Everybody there is rich. Are you getting my point? They don't need his money. So you're thinking he's lucky. Let me tell you the truth. The word of God is always true. It is more blessed to give than not to give. Are you getting my point? Okay, what he said is he's more blessed to give than to receive. So you, are, you have no right to complain that God created a large opportunity for giving for you. Do you get my point? Yes, sir. A large opportunity for giving he created for you. And you want us to believe that it's a bad thing. It is more blessed to what? To give. It's called arise, shine, for your light has come. Many people don't know the meaning of that. They come from a place, maybe a family, you know, amongst group of friends. Nobody is really, there is really very rich, financially okay. Then God gives them one, bam, heavy job, heavy business. Money starts rolling in. They, they misread their scriptures. That's another thing. We must know how to interpret the Bible. He said, let your light so shine that men will do what? See what? See your, your what? Your what? Say it again. Good works. Not your good cars, good food, not your good clothes, not your enjoyment. Is what? Your good works. So a young man like that, he gets a lot of money. I know the first thing he does. He buys a car and drives to that village. Tell your neighbor, that's foolishness. What the Bible means when it says your shine is what? Your good works. Not your good looks. Is what? Your good works. So the way by which you have announced yourself in that place is not by the car you, you drove in this last Christmas. See, Christmas season just ended. Show-off season has ended. You are back to town now. Good works will have been, people will get there. And you now tell, you gather all those young, young boys who are in maybe SS1 and declare that anybody that can hit this amount of grade, which you will test them yourself, not go to Miracle Center, get grades, we don't know who did the exam, that's getting a scholarship to any federal university that they can enter. That's good works. Many of us, the phones, the phones we use, we pay tuition for somebody for four years. You know that? That's true, sir. Uh, how much is an, an, a Note 8 now? How much is a UNEC collecting for tuition for one year? Not 70,000. 70 times 4, 280. Note 8 and four-year course in UNEC tuition. Which one is cheaper? Four-year course in UNEC, Federal University. So it is better to shine in those scholarships. That's what I'm trying to explain. I'm not trying to sit on how to do it now, but understand what the Bible means. So that sometimes in life we see our assignments as burdens. We don't recognize that what the Lord does, okay? What he does is to light upon somebody, shine light upon somebody. So he said, I rise and do what? Shine. It's an instruction. He said, why? Your money has come. I'm applying it. I rise, shine. We are talking about a man who came from a poor background who has now become rich. And God wants to solve problems for people there. So, I rise, shine. For what? Your money has come. You get what I'm trying to say? But shining is not start traveling to Dubai and going to France and chopping heavy. Shine, that's not what it means. Because it's a let your light so shine that men will see what? Your good works. 
my teaching is emphasizing the fact that, listen, life is an assignment. To, you know, I always get back to this matter every time we, we, you know, we start teaching. Always get back to this matter every time we start teaching. That we have a responsibility. He said, in the beginning, there was darkness upon the surface of the deep. And then what did God do? He brought light. Anytime God wants to solve a problem, what he does is to put light upon people. That is what he does. There's something I want to remind us of, okay, in this season. And let's just talk about life again. Let's understand the way life is. Life is a spiritual arrangement. And when I say spiritual, I'm taking from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. In that book of Hebrews chapter 11, he said, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What does he mean by worlds? He was talking about seasons and times. Are you getting my point? You know, governments. He wasn't just talking about the earth. He was talking about the worlds, the systems you find. They are framed by the word of God. So that whatever we see, okay, he said, did not come out of the things that are visible. So it's not what we see that will produce what we will see tomorrow. That is what exists today. It's not the reason why tomorrow will be different. Now, I'm going to explain something here. Now, I always bring things that are happening and then we laugh about them. They said Donald Trump called Nigeria, Africa countries, what, recently? Shitholes. Why are people angry? We call it like that every day. So what is the big deal? If we are not idiots, what's the big deal? We call our country shitholes on a daily basis. Which kind of nonsense country is this? I, there's, I don't think a day passes. And I don't see or hear that comment. And the, a very blunt man said what you say about yourself on a daily basis, and you are angry. If I was there, I would have told him, God bless you, sir. <laughs> no, it's easy to condemn other people. You know what happened to David? They told David, one rich man was in his house, had a lot of animals, rich guy. Then his friend came. He wanted to kill a goat to entertain his friend. So he went to the neighbor's house who had only one goat, took the goat and killed the goat and served to his friend. I know what David said. That man is deserving of death. He will repay fourfold. I'm going to deal. Look, as long as I live, that man will see pepper. Then Nathan said, fine, thank you very much. Now, let's arrest the man. The man is right in front of me here. Who is he? You. How can? Ah, wait, let's stop telling stories about other people. Let's talk about you. How many wives do you have? You know, I told you before that David's first five sons were born by five different women. It was a lie. He's six sons. Born by six different women. Oh, anyway, not a lie. I didn't get the full extent. His first six sons were born by six different women. He had numerous concubines. David had plenty of them. Solomon learned from somebody. Didn't just wake up in the morning and say, let me marry many wives. He was just doing greater works, thank you very much, <laughs> than his father. He didn't see it like that until Nathan pointed it to him. Are you getting my point? Yes. What am I going to say? Thank God for Donald Trump. We're all very happy calling our country shithole. Which of your friends have not called Nigeria shithole? I mean, which of you here do not have a friend? I'm not even asking about you. I just want to save your face. <laughs> so why are you getting angry? Let me put it on record. May God bless Donald Trump. His name is Nathan. He has prophesied to David who murdered Uriah. We are the Davids, murdering our Uriahs every day, and we're feeling holy and righteous. Until Nathan came to us and pointed to us that this is what you have been doing on a daily basis. 
Now they call your country shit who you are getting angry. And he did, what did he say? Say all of them want to come to America. Is he like? The Lord is good. How did I get into that? I don't know. It was just in my mouth. I needed to say it. <laughs> now, the point I'm making here is this. Now, it's easy for us to look at things and talk nonsense. I was talking about spiritual life. Life being very spiritual. I just want to remind us of some things we have learned before. Peter said, I know you know them. But I will not neglect to remind you of them. Now, what you see, the, we, are, we are keeping this thing on record, so I can't keep on saying shit hole, right? What, what word can we use now? Okay, the mess hole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you are going to see mess disappear from your country, the Bible says it will not be because of good of the, how do I say it now, of the things you are seeing today. That spiritual things determine what will happen tomorrow. That the future of a country, of a nation, is determined by the spiritual climate of today. Now, the spiritual climate requires people who have insight, intelligence, spiritual intelligence, to be able to decipher what exactly is going on. Most people only judge by what they see physically. Many countries Nigerians are running to today because, listen, let me say something to you. I will have to deny my faith to live in that country. Or I will have to deny my faith to be able to open my mouth and say that I'm doing this for the future of my children. It shows I don't believe God. And as a matter of fact, most of us don't believe anything. Like I've been saying that thing. That's the major problem God has with Christians. That's the major problem he has with Christians. They don't believe. They make a lot of noise that they believe. They actually don't believe. If they really believe, there are places where you will not, that is, you have spiritual insight. They give you a million dollars, a million euros, say move to this country, you will not go. Because you look at that spiritual climate and you tell yourself, the future of this place is not good. Why? Because I'm looking at things that are not visible. I'm able to see into the spirit. I can see the spiritual climate of today. It determines the physical climate of tomorrow. No, I'm not doing my children good service. Trying to say, let me locate them there so I can raise them up there. Christians talk, the, the nonsense they vomit is very annoying. Let me tell you how Christians talk nonsense. Now, let me say something. As unbelievers, you can talk. Nonsense is your portion. Are you getting my point? If you're an unbeliever, to open your mouth and talk nonsense is the will of God. You don't believe anything. My quarrel is with believers. It irritates my body. Anytime I hear it, I tense up. You know, I get really angry. When a Christian will tell me that it is better to educate your children in Europe because the educational system is better than that in Nigeria. And I ask them, what do you mean by better? He said, by today, from today, they can tell you in five years when your child will graduate. I said, listen, I can also tell you from today when my son will graduate in five years. I may miss it by three months or one year. Who doesn't make mistakes? <laughs> it's true now. Let me tell you the truth. Eh? Let's just look at history. But let's look at Nigeria a bit. I left university 26 years ago, right? Nigerians started graduating late. At least if I was the first to suffer losing like a year or two in their college of medicine, medical students are the ones that, that really suffer the most. They are the ones that suffer the most, all right? In fact, the rest of the campus didn't used to suffer until years later. We were the ones that used to suffer the most. My students were graduating in 89, so they left school eight, five months late because Babangida um, closed school, SAP riots, okay? Now, there was no break again. Till I left school in 91, but I still graduated two or three months late. We had not yet covered for the loss of two years before. 
That's how medical school is, you know, because the arrangement used to be very tight. And they were not used to cutting corners. So they just kept on. It took them years to be able to realign. Now, you see where I'm going. Now, again, after a while, you know the truth? They, everything will scatter again and then rearrange. Now, 26 years ago. Are you getting my point? But notice something. You know, people have been graduating yearly since that time. I don't know why I get my point. In 26 years, it hasn't gotten worse. It hasn't gotten worse. People get delayed by five months, three months, six months, then one month. Worst case scenario, most times, is one year. No, am I lying? So with all the noise we make, that my children will know when they will graduate. At the end of the, I can't, it's not likely I will miss my own knowledge by three, more than three months. Why? In 25 years, it began like 27 years ago, it has not gotten worse. So common sense tells me that that is nonsense talk. It, no, it's, it's, it's crap talk. It has no meaning. It doesn't have any meaning. I'm talking about the quality of education. I want to prove to people something they don't have any faith. Now, why do I like Nigerian education? It is simple. In class, the lecturer can come, bow his head, say a word of prayer. Let us pray before we start with this lecture. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I'm teaching on uh, the taxonomy of plants. He's teaching on taxonomy of plants, and he's starting with in Jesus' name. He'll bow his head, and nobody will arrest him. They can use the classroom for fellowship. As soon as he finishes, you say, um, um, fellowship of uh, year three botany students, please wait behind. Everybody's going to be the sit down there. We have come again. Father, we have come again. Holy Ghost, we have come again. They have only 15 minutes. They do praise worship for two minutes, pray for three minutes. Somebody will preach for eight minutes. They will take announcement for one minute. At least 15 minutes, they finish fellowship. They quickly rush out, go and have their lunch, and come back to class. And it's not against the law. To me, that is better education. Do you know why? I believe the word of God. Many Christians don't believe anything. They place no value on spiritual substance. Zero value. They don't care about the environment around these so-called children that they are raising for tomorrow. They don't care about it. Well, I'm just saying, look, you can send your child to any school, but remember to think about it if indeed you are a believer. If indeed you are a believer, think about it. I'm talking about spiritual things, how it works. The, what you will see outwardly tomorrow is determined spiritually today. When I talk about arise, shine, all right? What I'm going to emphasize by saying that arise, shine, your light has come, is that the spiritual climate of today is decided by you and me. Do you get what I'm saying? You and I decide the spiritual climate of today, and that is what will produce the outward climate of tomorrow. It's a divine assignment. He said, arise, shine, your light has come. What am I going to emphasize? That we, act, we have a job to do, to pour spiritual substance into environment. Light that God is placing upon us, it is our duty to pour it into the environment. Please, don't, this, 20, this year, 2018, this new year, don't start and join those who are criticizing Buhari's policies. You think, is it, is it possible not to do that? Yes, I've never done it. I didn't criticize um, Jonathan's policies. Yara Adua before him, Obasanjo for eight straight years. You never heard it from my mouth. People say, arise and speak the truth. The Bible says, arise, shine. Your light has come. I don't know how that is. I don't know how, how 
criticize somebody else's policy that you have no idea what is going on. You know, ignorance is a terrible thing. The Bible says anger lies in the bosom of fools. You know, we talked about the Ecclesiastes. Do you know, can you remember the meaning of that? That people get angry when they don't have information. That's the meaning. That's the meaning of it. When it says anger lies in the bosom of fools, is people making a lot of noise. They don't even know what is going on. You know, and I keep on telling people, you know, let me tell you, God opens opportunities. Life comes in seasons. There is a first day spiritual principle. There's first day, there's second day, there's third day. What do I mean by this? Whatever God wants to do on the third day, you prepare for it on the first and the second day. If Jesus is coming on the third day, you get baptized on the first and the second day. Do you get my point? If breakthrough is coming on the third day, you prepare yourself on the first day and on the second day. Why am I saying, why am I talking like this? <laughs> One brother sent me a text message today. He says, see your, see your guy, yo. I need the kind of thing he was, he was sent to me. And I opened it. And he photographed an advert by Dangote. People in engineering, you know, petrochemicals, you know, people who can, say, if you are ready to work, they are going to test you and you are less than 30. Please apply. They give a number of criteria. Obviously, they are, they are getting ready to work. And I thought about it. I said, many people are sitting down there. Are you getting my point? Complaining and criticizing and complaining and criticizing. The man is recruiting. Look, it, it, I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. He's not focusing on what is wrong. And if you think he doesn't know what is wrong, believe me, he does. He knows much, much more than you. No, that's a matter of fact. He knows much more than you. And people like that are sitting down. Every day they are putting money in the economy. They invest. And I know what other, other uh, ignorant people now start saying. Eh, government is supporting him. Just keep making ex- excuses for why you will not make progress in life. And then in 40 years' time, you look back and all your prophecies will have been confirmed in your own life. You think we are going to allow you to ruin things for the rest of us? We are moving forward. All the negative things you feared will come upon you. Why? Because in the seasons that God... in this, see, Let me tell you something. Light and darkness, they often exist side by side. You see what I mean in a moment. I was making the statement. Let me finish making it before I go into something else. Life has seasons. In the season in which people are supposed to prepare for the third day of the manifestation of God, many people know what they are doing. They are busy complaining and focusing on what is negative. Instead of arising, shining, and sowing tangible, positive spiritual seeds into the environment. And when they get to the season of manifestation, and let me say another thing to you. Hey, so many things just jamming in my head. Every generation has its time and it goes together. Let me say, assuming you are a believer, let's talk to believers alone, okay? You are a believer, you are between the age of, let's say, 20 and 30, just to make it easy, okay? You cannot change your mind about what your life will be when you are 45. You can't. I don't know whether you're getting my point. You cannot. God hasn't given that, one, that privilege to you. You have believed since your teenage years. You are between the age of 20 and 30. They are making serious preparation for what the future you will be. And it comes in generations. I don't know whether you get my point. Everybody between that age range that I've just mentioned to you as an example, they have the same amount of time. By the time they start manifesting God's glory, the door has closed. The door will have closed. Let me say something to you about grace. 
Don't believe this nonsense grace message that is flying around. It has been pushed to an extreme. Your pastor for all want to meet your daddy. That your senior brother preached. I don't know whether it is true of us. If I was looking for you, I didn't know I didn't even have your number. That they said the prophet saw wrongly when he described Jesus as a lion. That Jesus is always a lamb. That John was not seen well when he was prophesying. Otherwise, he would never have described Jesus as a lion. That Jesus is always a lamb. A lamb of God. <laughs> I felt like saying that, brother. If it's true, you preach this. If it is true, you have a few days to repent. Otherwise, no, and, and that's not supposed to be a joke. God will get tired and Jesus will bite you to prove he's a lion. <laughs> I'm serious. He'll just come and say, okay. All right, all right, fine. He will just. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. You know, I won't lie to you. He will just come and say, okay, this guy said I'm not a lion. No problem. How can we prove to him that I'm a lion? <laughs> Michael will say, Tear now. Say, God never does that to his children. It's a lie. He does. I've heard that preach again. There are things I don't believe. When people saw it happen to Ananias and Sapphira, they said they were not believers. They started laughing. So the person that Paul grabbed and sent over to Satan, who was he? The unbeliever in the church? I even heard that they said that it is a terrible thing to fall into the hand of the living God, for the Lord our God is a consuming fire. That that consuming fire is a fire that consumed Jesus on the cross for the redemption of our sins. And only to consume again, it is to consume the people that did not believe. I said, bros, you will soon be consumed preaching like this. No, 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 God will have to consume it to prove to you that it is a consuming fire. Since you don't believe, he can burn people. Why I'm saying so is this. Why I went that way? When they talk about, I don't know much about what, what we call extreme grace preaching. I really don't know much. But occasionally I hear things. And I just say, is that supposed to be a joke? That somebody opened his mouth and said that uh, John didn't see well. That's why I called Jesus a lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesus has prevailed. So who prevailed there? Anyway, you know when you man the pulpit sometimes, eh? your mouth has a, has a mind of its own. So let's assume that that's what happened. Why I'm explaining that is this. Back to what I was saying. Read my book again, Choice is Key to Destiny. You don't have all the time in life. That's why God gives Solomon as an experiment. What is the result of his vanity? Write it down. Write it down. After now, anybody pursuing godliness must not waste his time, must not waste his life. She must not waste her time, must not waste her life. Early in life, learn the truth, start walking by it. There are seasons for each generation. If you miss the time of your generation, you've missed it. That's the point I'm going to emphasize. People should get serious. You know, I read through the Bible, I realized that there's New Testament now. Paul, Peter, John, they taught believers to be very serious. Serious-minded. So serious-minded that this, Paul taught them to expect Jesus tomorrow. And the kind of grace people are preaching, Paul didn't imply it at all. One of the things I want to teach this year, all right, is the two levels 
of Paul's teachings, and I want to emphasize on the second level. Paul always, you know, people do preach some things, they don't read their Bible well. Paul will preach from Colossians chapter 1 to verse 1, no, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Then from verse 17, he leaves the spiritual and comes to the external. Say, therefore, if you are stealing, stop stealing. Because what I said from chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to chapter 4, verse 16, because those things are true, therefore, from verse 17, it starts a totally different line of teaching that if they were to cut the book in two, you won't know it's the same author. It now gets practical. Don't tell lies. Don't cheat. Don't commit immoralities. Don't um, speak negatively. It goes to husbands. Love your wives. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, it gets practical. You know why? He said, because everything I said from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 4, verse 16, is zero in your life. Until these other things I put in place. Yeah. Everything I said from chapter 1, verse 1, to chapter 4, verse 16, is zero in your life if you don't follow the other things I'm putting down here. Matter of fact, I thought about it. I said, this year, that's what we're going to talk about. Like anybody, <laughs> any grace teaching that does not empower those practical things that Paul brought out, it's not, it's not, it's a lie. I'll answer this one directly. You've heard people say that once saved, always saved. That thing is so wrong, I don't know how we could have believed it. Because there are so many scriptures that tell you, direct, addressing it directly. What did Paul say to the Romans? Don't brag. Why? He said, you two can be cut off. Is that only your Bible? Did I invent that? I didn't say God wakes up in the morning and cuts people off of stepping on an ant. Someone said that one woman fought and died. She'll go to hell. No, she won't. Trust me, she will not. It's not every little thing God uses to cut people off. But I just want to explain that people being cut off, and you know the truth, many people that have been cut off don't know. They don't know. That's why Paul said, examine yourself, guys. So if you think you are standing, take heed. He gave warnings again and again and again. And Jesus now told us that on the last day they will show up, not knowing I've cut them off. He said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. So the fact that you confess Jesus as Lord is not the guarantee that you are born again. Jesus said it now. Am I the one that said it? He said, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, that one that said that. That's why towards the end of last year I explained that to believe is not I agree. Many people say, Lord, Lord, they agreed. To be a believer, two things we said. The word believe in scriptures has, after we studied it, we showed it clearly from scriptures. That it has two components. First, I know, they didn't bother to say that repentance is necessary because they didn't know it would become an argument. We showed clearly that Paul said, what I'm preaching is repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So is that contradicting believing and be saved? No. As far as they understood, a man, a woman cannot claim to believe if he or she does not repent. It goes together. I repent. I believe. Paul did not know the difference. So this modern preaching that you just face alone. Then you are saved. 
It may sound scriptural, but actually it is not because when they say it like that, they are saying repentance is not part of it. It's not true. No. We read it, we discussed last time, we're not going over it now. Paul made it clear. Paul that taught, everything we are talking is not the teachings of Paul. The same Paul said, God commanded me to go and preach repentance to the people. So when Paul will use the word believe and be saved, he also meant be, be repent and be saved. Both of them, they were together. And we pointed the second side out that Jesus said what? Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. And those who were called Christians were those who were what? Disciples. Essentially, you're not a Christian unless you're what? A disciple. It may not be a popular doctrine. It's against what people call grace. But take the word out there. You're not saved if you don't take your Christianity seriously. Is it because salvation is now by works? No. It's because I'm telling you you don't have faith. <laughs> Except you have faith, you're not saved. Faith that does not... The, now, let me ask you. True of us, there are two kinds of faith. One is dead, one is alive. True of us. How do we know that? The Bible tells us, James tells us like that. Next question. The faith that is dead, can it save? So just claiming faith is not enough. It's to examine the faith and say, is this faith alive? Faith that is dead also exists. And many people operate by it and somebody lied to them. That grace means that with your dead faith, you are also saved. That's what is called a lie, a lie from the pit of hell. Engineered to deceive people into eternal damnation. I don't know why anybody even wants to discuss it. I'm not even willing to. Whether I eat mud and, you know, you know, drink water from the drain. Whether I'm saved or not saved by doing that. Is there a topic for discussion? Do I want to drink water from the drain? Do I want to eat mud? I'm a human being for goodness sake. If I'm a true believer, <laughs> sin shall not have dominion over me. Now, why I, told all, why I went to all of that? To let people know that there is kindness and there is severity with God. And when that was preached, it was not preached to unbelievers. But I, wanted, I would just emphasize to people, don't waste the seasons in which God said prepare for, a, for, for destiny. Do you get my point? Yes, you can't waste it. Each generation has their time. And what you will be when you are 60 is not determined when you are 45 or 50. It's determined when you are 20. It's determined by the time you are 20, you are 30. The gener- each generation. And it's tied to the time they receive light. Oh, yes. It's tied to the time that they receive light. Now, why I went to that is that, so I want believers, look, take life seriously. When you learn the doctrines of God, the truths of God, be serious about it. Now, I know where I went to all, all of that. I want to say that, so our duty is to, you know, to get up and sow spiritual seeds on a daily basis. That's what I was trying to talk about. That's what I was trying to explain. It's our duty to sow spiritual seeds on a daily basis. Knowing that that is the seed for destiny. And I, 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 I went off that. We're trying to explain that. You don't have all the time. There's what they call seed time. And then the time of harvest will come later. Your seed time is your seed time. You don't determine your seed time by yourself. God determines the time of seed. You say, when is my seed time? 
I'll tell you, once you are hearing this truth, it's your seed time. That's what I just want to say. Start planting it too. And it's spiritual seed. And what I want to emphasize in this season and today is to explain that you are the light of the world. You know, I began with that. You are the light of the world. Life is spiritual. What we see do not come out of things that are visible. It's the things that are invisible that determine what we eventually see. Okay? So when you open your mouth, I'm back to talking about our country, and people sit you down, that's where I was going, and help you focus on what is wrong every day. Then you open your mouth, okay, and start amplifying what is so-called wrong. What is happening is that in the time of seed, you are not planting the right seeds. 20 years will pass, listen to me, nothing bad will happen to the country. All the prophet, all the suits saying negatively will not come to pass, not because they will not have come to pass, but because some of us are there praying and sowing the right seeds. The only difference is that when harvest time comes, you will be poor, broke, busted, and disgusted. And you will say, yes, I knew nothing good could come out of this country. What you will not realize is that your generation was sowing serious spiritual seed. You were watching them. You were following soothsayers from the east, like the Bible says. You were prophesying nonsense. The desire coming to pass when you do not, no longer have the opportunity to start. Of course, it's too late at that time. Is that proving that, you see, I always knew that nothing good could come out of the country. Meanwhile, life is spiritual. When you were supposed to point the spiritual seeds, you did not. Satan helps people to, will help people to sit down every day. And this, now I was giving an analysis using an example of a government policy. And they sit there every day and tell you, show you what is wrong with government policy. Let me just tell you something. Eh? I have been young. I am not yet old yet, but at least I've been alive and aware, okay, since Obasanjo's first tenure in power. I can't remember much of his first tenure. All I remember was his handing over to Shagari. That one I remember very well. 1979. I remember that one very, very well. Okay? The point I'm trying to make is this, all right? That you see, every government we have sat down and spoken ill of them from beginning to the end. That's what I'm trying to explain. If you observe it carefully, what does that tell you? That's from 19, I think I've given you the one I, I know, 79 to 2000 and let's just say 17. We're in 18 now. How many years is that? They were talking about 40 years almost, 38 years. And our governments have been consistently bad. Think about it. It's not the government. It is us. It cannot be the government. Either they are not bad, our eyes are bad. You know, sometimes you have logs in your eyes. You can't see properly. And that's what Jesus said. Or secondly, they are constantly bad because that's all we deserve. It's one of the two. With this constantly bad government... Let nobody lie to you. This country is far better developed today than it was 40 years ago. Trust me. It's far better developed. It's what you want to see. And what you focus on becomes real in your life. That's what I'm going to emphasize to people. Though. So please get that point clear. Life is a spiritual battle. You fight it from the realm of the spirit. If you sit there every day sowing negative seeds in the season you have, you don't have all the time. My refusal to, you know, 
criticized government negatively on a daily basis? Has it negatively affected the country? No, it has not. If anything, at least I'm sure of this, it has positively affected them. That's the government. The reason is because they need spiritual energy infused into the environment for them to succeed. No government does well because it has inherent capacity to do well. No, none, none. It is the spiritual environment around them that determines whether they can do well or they can't do well. What I've told you is a matter of fact. That's what the Red Prince said. God, in any nation where the church is established, God holds the church responsible for the state of affairs of that country. I hope you're following my point. He said, arise, shine. That's where we began from. For your light has come. He now said, you are the light of the world. He said, you are the light of the world. Which means that God cannot put light into a system except the people that he shone upon. Except they get up and start shining. That's what I'm going to emphasize. And I want us to understand our primary duty, first of all, therefore, is to... Now, I talked about it then. I'm going to talk about it again. Let me just introduce briefly. The next time we'll, 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 we'll maybe... If I'm going to come back to it, the next time, I'm not very sure. But let me just talk about it briefly. Our primary duty is to inject faith into the environment. Let me say it again. Our primary duty is to do what? Inject faith into the environment. I want you to understand it's an assignment. That's the side of shining I want to start with. There are many other sides of shining. There are people that God says, go and start a business. He may not be making money much. Be doing what you are doing on the side, but start a business on the side. Why? Because I want you to be practicing righteousness and using it to show people how they are supposed to do things. You just break even. I'll keep you sustained, all right? But keep on doing it. That's one way of shining. Do you get my point? Yes, that's, that's one way of shining. And I've, I, I believe very strongly. Many people should do that. You have capacity to do a small business. You're working somewhere, but you have some free time. You can employ one or two people. You just start doing it. You say, what am I looking for? You are not looking for anything. You are trying to shine. I don't know whether you are getting my point. For example, you have a lot of knowledge. Okay? You work, okay, you work in a bank. And you have a lot of intelligence. You have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, I'll throw it down for one or two people here. This year, just make up your mind that, all right, I'm starting a small group of people, and we're going to be teaching financial intelligence to secondary school people. I'm not going beyond secondary school. I'm just teaching people in SSS. And I'm going to be teaching on Saturdays, those who will agree to come. Or, when the schools will give me time, once a week in different schools, we're not charging anything. Or, why not? I charge something. Your schools do clubs. Yeah, you call it financial intelligence club. Let them pay something. They're not doing because of the money. So two or three of you, that's your assignment. Why? That's one area in which you what? Shine. So what you know, you go and teach them integrity. You teach them money management. If you cannot manage money, God doesn't like you. I hope you know that. I hope you get my point. I didn't say God doesn't love you. What did I say? Doesn't like you. Doesn't like talking to you. You know know what it means to manage money? I don't mean stingy money, you know, to be stingy with money. I mean... To manage money, that is, if I give you ten thousand naira, God say, let me watch what you are going to do with it. If you also go to the mall, cold stone, five thousand, you eat it <laughs> because you want to impress a young woman. Then you won't know why you ha- your sore throat has lasted six months. <laughs> Do 
Is God trying to show you that you don't have sense? <laughs> that your sense is small. Don't the Bible says your strength is small. And it's an area in that area. We can read it like that. Your sense is small. Sometimes God just looking and just look at okay, I've given this guy ten dollars. Let's see what he's gonna do. Later on, I'm gonna teach people on the giving matter. People don't realize the primary reason why you work is so you can give. No, we'll talk about that later. So you just want to go and teach young people on how to be financially responsible. You're not trying to make money from it. even though you are going to charge for them to attend the club. You can say, okay, each school is maybe three thousand naira per child, maximum of fifty. Not because you need the money, but you want them to be serious about it. What is God saying? Shine. And you say, look, all I'm doing is teaching SSS. That's SS1 to SS3. Teaching children. Fun. And you develop a curriculum. You know, that's how school starts. Ten years down the line, you've, you have applied for an institute of business studies. Then one day becomes University of Business Management. You know, you know, you can have specialized universities. So you can have that. But that's how it starts. Because you say, let me shine. And you know, just get, you know how I started ministry, Pastor Murphy? I just wanted to shine. Not vainglorious shine. <laughs> anyway, you are here now. It couldn't have been vainglory. <laughs> I just, I had, ah. The Bible used to talk to me. I read the scriptures. I will have understanding. Ordinary Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. One day the Bible spoke to me by itself. Filled with what? I said, no, not filled with righteousness. Filled with the material things of this life. I said, wow. So God said, don't worry about material things. He says, hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I put notes down. I started writing tracks so I could what? Shine. That's what I started doing. Just writing tracks, just to shine. I told you, tracks like cheerful giver. In fact, all those tracks, I wrote them. The first five I wrote by hand, give somebody to type. After that, I got a laptop. I learned to type. And the day I wrote, this is faith. It was as a sitting. Cheerful giver. Things like that, one sitting. I just wanted to what? Shine. And many people got to know Kingdom World Ministries because of pieces of paper that... They laid their hands upon, just to shine. I was not looking for anything. I wrote those tracks, some of them, before I came to town. When I arrived in Enugu, I used to go to Christian bookshops to give them the tracks free of charge, requesting them to put it inside a book for anybody that buys a book. Faith bookshops, Agbani Road, I went there. There's one um, near Artisan. Are they still there? Indigenous at that time was um, on the way to Transsekulu. Yes. So I went to all those bookshops. That one, that one, he didn't try. I went to all of them and gave them tracks. In fact, when I first wrote, when I read, read the, uh, wrote the first set of books, it was because Ms. Ehirim accepted the books to put in her bookshop because she said people who, were, who got the tracks came back to look for more. So she felt that if they would come back like that, they would also come back. If they see the books, they would buy the books. First of the tracks, just to what? Shine. Just to shine. I've told people, if you have a very good personal interior decor, you know, stuff like that, shine. It doesn't have to be what you are doing to eat. Okay? But start with weddings. Somebody, oh, you're doing a wedding. Let me help you with the decoration. Are you charging anything? First of all, don't even charge anything. Just tell the person, these are the materials needed. This is the cost. 
Let me do it for you. After a while, well, why not charge? There's nothing wrong with charging for your services. Are you a preacher? So many preachers that can't charge for services. Every other person can charge. We are the ones that <laughs> the Lord is looking. Say, Pastor Murphy, how much are you collecting now for one service? I was okay with this. Some of your friends are percentage. No, we are not allowed to do that. But everybody else, you're allowed to charge for your services. I hope you know Paul used to charge for his services when he's not preaching. When he's making tents. <laughs> and he said, oh boy, pay. He said, now the preacher, they preach for him. Come on, pay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with charging for your services when you are not preaching. Okay? If you are a, pre- if you are not, if you are a preacher, I mean. So, for us believers, nothing wrong with that. Okay? But shine. I, want to, I just want people, somebody to run with that word this year. Shine. Just okay. Where can I shine? Of course, you shine with morals. You shine with integrity. You shine with hard work in the work you are doing. In the work you are doing, you shine like that there. But I'm talking about in an area where you are particularly gifted. That's why I give an example. You know a lot about the business world. All right? You know about it. But you're busy somewhere. You're working in a, in a bank, in a telecom company, financial industry. But just know, a lot of people don't know anything about money. Robert Kiyosaki used to talk about financial intelligence a lot. That most people don't know. So just make up your mind. God has given that to you. Just go around shining. Many people, when they are shining like that, that is when God will say, yes, this one has been faithful in a little thing. Put him in charge of ten cities. Do you get my point? That's one area of shining, please. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's very important. It's very important. One of the reasons why God doesn't bless us as much as we have wanted is our motives are always wrong. Like I told the co-workers the other day, I said, it is selling. You know it won't sell in your handle. Sure, you know. In fact, Precious wanted to fall down. See, which kind of swear? Pastor, they swear for us this new year. We came for co-workers meeting. Now, course, this year you shall not prosper. Say, which kind of thing with this one? I said, what? I didn't say so. All I said is, it is selling. It doesn't sell in the hands of the child of God. Because an insult to the Almighty is, you know, all we like sheep, you follow them. Broad is the road, you enter therein. A business that everybody is doing, I say, this one is making money, you join. You don't reason, you don't think. Money is driving you up and down. Tell you to sit down and say, where can I shine? Shining must be the primary thing, not which one is moving now. There are things you will do, they are not moving in themselves, but because you chose it as an area to shine, God pours grace upon it. I'm not saying she's a Christian, but I don't know her life, but... The story of Linda Akeja I just want to use her to illustrate is this. She made money blogging, right? Lots of, lots of it. She bought a house in Banana Island that time a few years ago for how much? 500 million naira. Over 500 million, actually. Half a billion naira. Now, that is a lot of money for one house. <laughs> one single lady used it to buy one house. Our sister Diogo wrote a blog about it then. I was so blessed by it, I, I tweeted it. She just sent a tweet about it, so I retweeted it. It was so beautiful. If you can find it, read out Diogo's blog on it. Now, the, the point about it is that Linda K. did not know blogging made money when she started. She just enjoyed what? Blogging. She just started and started writing stories, writing comments, 
posting stories, posting stories, retweeting stories, just writing and writing. Then somebody read it, oh, it's interesting. And that person read it, interesting. Next thing, she had a large following. And these days of social media, once you have a large following, the, the, the person that earned the highest in, um, in 2016 from YouTube earned in excess of $7 million, I think, that Google paid him for having a YouTube channel. Not for doing anything fantastic, just for having millions of viewers. So anytime somebody clicks on an advert below in, on your channel, okay, the money is shared with you. Google shares the money. I forgot how many millions of dollars a guy made in one year. It was a top earner that in 2016. I read the story, but I forgot the exact amount of money. Linda Keji was like that too. Let me use the expression. It just has shining place. Well, of course, companies began to find out that people were following this lady. So somebody said, why don't you put adverts there? Advert, eh? Yes, now put an advert there. Said the day they offered her, is it 300,000 for one small box? She thought it was a joke. Then they offered her so much money. They paid so much money to put their adverts, especially when politics was on. That they get some money so much, she went to buy a house in Banana Island. I'm sure she's not planning to live there. But maybe somebody said, look, this money, just tie it somewhere. Because if you don't tie it, it flies away. My story about it is that she did not know it made money. And there are many people, that's the problem with Christians, we turn, we turn things upside down. Instead of us to identify where we can shine, we are looking for where we can make money. And that way we leave grace at home. And we start struggling like everybody else. I wonder why the world is not working. The world says you are, you are applying me in the wrong place. Yeah, as a matter of fact, so you are applying me in the wrong place. Just ask yourself, where can I shine? He said, arise what? Shine. Please, let me give you an assignment. This year, don't, don't care about any negative thing that's happening around. Last year, you cared. What happened? Nothing. As a result of it, you didn't get benefit anything. You are wasting spiritual energy. Back to the primary thing I said we should shine concerning. I want us to realize that we have a duty to inject spiritual energy into the environment. That's actually what I wanted to talk about today. But I just went everywhere preaching the gospel. But what I wanted to talk about is the fact that we must realize that we have a duty to inject faith into the environment. Without faith in an environment, Jesus could not operate. Did you hear what I said? The Lord Jesus could not operate when there was not enough faith in an environment. And that's why he lamented. He said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? If he doesn't find faith, he can't operate. That's why I said it then, and I'm saying it again. People think what we need in Nigeria is a good leader. It's not true. What we need are people that inject faith into the environment. I said it then, what I said, I said then, which I want to repeat is this. If Jesus came today and became our head of state, listen to me, he would not by himself be able to give us good roads and uninterrupted power supply. Is it not God? That's not the point. That's what the Bible calls limiting the Holy One of Israel. It's scriptural. You can limit God. He wants to do something, we don't let him do it. He came to his hometown. He could there do no mighty work. Because there was not enough faith in the environment. The environment was stifling. A man came to him. The only time Jesus tested when he was healing somebody. Please, what do you want to say? I want to see. Follow me out of this, your town. Your town is bad. 
he pulled the man out of the town and went outside the town to where there were only birds flying around. Animals in the jungle. So now let's, let us start praying. Put a hand on the man. Power went in, but the negative influence was still in him. So he asked the man, do you see anything? The man said, I see men like trees. He says, walking small, small. The environment of unbelief is going down. So he put a hand on him again. I think that first time, I wasn't just gauging the dose. I wanted to check whether it will work now. He laid hands on him the second time to let you know it's not everything he wants to do, he's able to do. People didn't let him do it. Then when the man got healed, you know what he told the man? You like your eyes? Say yes, don't go back to that environment of unbelief. Some of you pack away from where you are living. You share home with your friends for too long. Move to a neighboring village where the room is cheap, one five a month. But let it be your own alone. You are squatting with people who are taking away your faith. Hey, <laughs> and you want to do well in life. Why do you think your last three businesses have died? It's your unbelieving environment. You come to a room where your friend fornicates in your absence. They leave the spirit in the air. You don't realize it. <laughs> when you get in there, you start having a headache. Every night you're confessing the word to sleep. When the spirit of adultery is in the air, why won't you need to confess the word to sleep? Have you noticed any time you don't, you're not there, you can sleep properly? Why is it saying that? He said, you know, I, right now I can't afford the place of my own. Go to Ugwaji. Listen, there are places there. I am helping you. I know what I'm telling you. Go somewhere. Is it sacrifice? You know, that's what they call sacrifice. Oh. Say, where you are staying now? Say, look, there's no light there, but I use a rechargeable lamp. Every time you come, you have a bag. What's in your bag? I can, I'm coming to recharge my lamp and my fan. Stay there for 12 months. In the seventh month, things will change for you. And you've not done anything different. Nothing. You've not done anything differently. Same people you're talking to, the same business you were doing, suddenly things are different. Then when you have enough money, you can now return and rent your own place. And stop hanging and say, I'm just squatting. You know, you know they are helping me. You think so? They're not helping you. They are killing you. Ah, The atmosphere around you matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. Faith is a substance. Oh. It's like you want to run. The place is flooded. No matter how fast you are, even if you are using boat, you will not be able to do 100 meters in 15 seconds. The place is flooded. That's how unbelief is. That's how negative influence around you is. Well, some of you, before this week is over, that is, today, Saturday, next week, you've packed. In fact, you pack in a hurry. Where are you packing to? You don't even know. Say, so at that area, they steal them. Why would they steal them? It's not your money. These ones are stealing your faith. And it's very easy for them not to steal in that place. Just don't put any valuable there. Put an old mattress. They won't take it. Trust me. They won't take it. Don't, what, what are you doing with television? Watch your laptop. Carry it on your shoulder everywhere you go. When you, have, when you want to go and bathe, <laughs> you hang it. <laughs> You are fighting for your faith, my brother, my sister. You are fighting for destiny. What is it? We, and then make sure you inject faith into the environment. God is judging you. I talked about the prayer with reward. That's part of it. That you are injecting faith into the environment. 
Some of you taking sides. You know, the, the problem with McCordy is not, it's not, a, it's not a joke. You know, if, if he sent, called me this today, but I was in church. You know, I told him I went to Imo State, all right? I, I, I was inside the church service. There wasn't one preaching, all right? When he went for a ceremony. So I didn't take the call. Later on, I opened my phone. I saw her chat that they've told them to keep indoors. Yeah, so we're not saying it's, 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 uh, it's not, it's, we're not saying it's funny. We're not saying it's a joke. But the crisis around that area, that, that's police who so tell everybody, please stay inside, don't come out. Because they buried the people, I think, over the last, uh, yes, so everywhere is tense. We could sit down, and Nigerians now say, it's Buhari that did, it's not Buhari anything, it's Satan. What did I call it? Yes. The Bible says, your adversary, the devil. How do you talk like a non-believer and I start calling Buhari's name? And they gave you a fact, which I'm not saying is a good fact, I'm not saying, I, I agree, it's politically wrong to have said that, that more people died under Jonathan from the same hands of these same people. You may not like it, but it's a fact. But that's not my gist. My gist is that don't join those who sit down and be forwarding nonsense. Forwarding. You know, when I saw some of my brethren forwarding how to fight back by refusing to buy meat. Whether it's reasonable or not, it's irrelevant. I won't forward it. Because my duty is to what? Inject faith into the environment. And how do you inject faith into the environment? Let me tell you, the connection to the environment is through people. I don't know what I get my point. I speak faith in my life. It comes to my immediate environment. If I want that faith to spread, all right, when I talk to my friends, I inject it into them. So it becomes my communication. It's what I forward. I start forwarding things that are positive. This is a WhatsApp. I start forwarding things that are positive. Things that are in keeping with divine counsel. Why do we take leave of our faith when some other things are down? Why suddenly, why is it suddenly that your adversary, the full animal? Why is not, why is it no longer your adversary, the devil? People now start talking nonsense. When the Bible says pray for your enemies, it said, it didn't say the kind of prayer you should pray. No, when you, when you, when you know God has departed from you, 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 it's easy to know. When you take scripture and just, just, you know, you turn it upside down. He said, pray for your enemies. He said, he didn't say the kind of prayer you should pray. Can you believe that? People will say that. No, 2018, I don't want to be insulting people before. Although I'll tell you, you are a fool. Just I'm not insulting people again, so I will not say it. Yes. No way you hear Christians talk, so you just wanted that. Are you sitting on your brain? No, the one that used to make me laugh. Like I said, I'm not advocating, but I just don't like when they carry scriptures and turn it upside down. When the Bible says, blessed is a man that has a quiver full of children. You know what they say? Depends on the size of your quiver. I say, okay, let me pray for you. That your account, account will have size. Do you get what I'm saying? That same blessed is the one that has a an account full of money. He said, my account is already full. It's 3,005 that's inside. It's already full. <laughs> when you open an account in GT Bank, they tell you what's the maximum capacity which open for you. That's not part of my message. Just don't take scriptures and twist it upside down. That's what I'm saying. How can somebody open his mouth and say, God did not say what should pray for our enemies? So pray for our enemies. So we're going to pray right now. All our enemies die. According to what the Lord, pray for your enemies. Enemies die. Yeah, die, die, die. And you wonder why country is not going forward and your business is not moving backwards. 
That is why now, it's wrong seeds. That's the reason. Wrong seeds into the environment. Listen, how do we sow the right seeds? Our words, our thought patterns. And then we communicate that spirit to other people. And you have many people sowing the right seeds into the environment. That's the first thing that I actually wanted to focus on today. First, you don't have all the time in life. Don't ever forget that. Each generation has its own time. There are three seasons, there are two days. The first, sorry, there are three days. The first two days is the first season. So sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. From the third day, the Lord will come. That's how it is. Don't miss the first two days of your life wasting time sowing the wrong seeds. Two seeds I've talked about. One, first of all, the seed of faith. The seed of faith. Sow it around. The country needs it. Your, fa- your household needs it. Fair wife, your husband needs it seriously. He can't do well, though. If every time he goes out, you are wondering, say, hmm, that's what he did. We don't say anything. You don't, you don't realize it, but you're an accuser. In life, you're either an accuser or you're an intercessor. Many people are accusing. They don't realize that's what they are doing. They're just talking normally. Many people are accusers of the nation. When, when Donald Trump now calls their country a shithole, they are getting angry. When all the man did was to amplify what all of us have been saying. Thank you, Prophet Trump, for calling us to repentance. Remind me to tweet about it. Donald Trump called your country a shithole. What have you been calling it? It's a simple question. Let the wise think. The Lord is good. Let's bow down our heads and give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you for a new season, again, a new year of enlightenment. A new year of enlightenment. Let's give the Lord thanks for a new year of enlightenment. Father, we give you thanks. Let's just raise our two hands and just thank him. Lord, we worship you for keeping us, for retaining in us the love for the word. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, because we have been filled with the knowledge of your will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Thank you for we are walking in a manner worthy of you. Lord, we are pleasing you in all respects. We are, bearing, we are bearing fruit in every good work. And we are increasing the knowledge of God yet more. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 2018 is sweet for you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is your season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's your season of divine health in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's your season of shining in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and divine shining. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will shine in holiness. You will shine in righteousness. Grace will shine upon your head. In all that you do, excellence will shine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Divine abundance will shine in your life. I I feel I pray for somebody's hands. Just put out those hands like this. This year, you will be fruitful. You will multiply. And you will have dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever you put these hands to do will prosper. Amen. If you lay those hands on the sick, they will recover. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you put it on your door, that is security guaranteed. Amen. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's going to fix somebody's engine. Amen. That you put your hand on your engine and it is fixed. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. These your hands, they are blessed in this year. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. These hands, they are blessed. Amen. If you're a parent, put these hands upon your children. And those children, they are blessed permanently. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. They will walk in righteousness. Amen. They will be excellent. Amen. They will grow in wisdom. Amen. They will grow in favor with God and with man. Amen. Because you place these hands upon them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. The Holy Spirit will let you know your own area of shining. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father will give you thanks. This, uh, this year we walk through it in perfect health. Amen. Sickness is not your portion. Amen. Let me say that again. Sickness is not your portion. Amen. I rebuke every affliction now in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will not walk with you through this year. Amen. As you go out to shine, it will not follow you. Amen. I like the story Mary Kay Ash told. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She went to see the doctor. She did not know it was arthritis, but when she went to the doctor, they said rheumatoid arthritis. What's going to happen? If you get worse, you get worse. Eventually, you'll be crippled. She said, all right, thank you. I've heard, and she left. And you know what she said? I've been too busy to fall sick. That she was so busy, the sickness forgot to come back. As you are shining this year, that will be your testimony. That affliction that used to hold you, you will be so busy you will forget it. And it will not be able to hold you down. That is the word of the Lord for you this year. Total freedom in Jesus' name. Your body is free this year. From all ailments, it is free. Total freedom in your body. In the name of Jesus. Again, it's a season of stepping into financial freedom. As you shine, resources will follow you. You may leave that area to go to one village to stay for a few months. When you return, you're going to return big. You will have abundance. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks. 2018 is a beautiful year. Lord, we ask for your peace over Benue State. Have mercy upon Benue State. In Nikiti State, Lord, also have mercy. In all the states of the Middle Belt, Lord, have mercy. Lord, let your word penetrate those areas this year in the name of Jesus. Let your word penetrate and bring peace. He said he sent his word and he healed them. Yet let the word bring healing to that region. In Jesus' name. Father, we give you thanks.